the, the part that I would give myself advice is to reverse engineer to exactly where I'd like to be and then fill up the, the missing blanks. And so that I know exactly month after month, week after week, what is my projected goal and how am I doing? Welcome everyone to Uptech Report. This is our Applied Tech series. Uptech Report is sponsored by TerraLeap. Learn how to leverage the power of video at TerraLeap.io. Today, I am joined by my guest, Gil Alouche, who's based in San Francisco. He's the CEO and founder of Metadata.io. Welcome, Gil. Good to have you on. Thank you. Nice to be here. Now, your product is a platform for pipeline generation. So for those out there, if you're CMO, VP of marketing, specifically VP of, of demand generation of B2B, mid-market, this might be an intriguing platform you want to check out. Now, Gil, on your site, you actually have a quote from uh, Goddard Abel, CEO of G2, and, and I like what he states here, uh, metadata oper operationalizes marketing data and deploys campaigns in a way that far exceeds the human capability. I, I find that kind of interesting, far exceeds the human capability, but I'm curious, when you started metadata, what was the problem that you saw that you set out to solve? Uh, it was uh, very straightforward. My job and the problem that I needed to solve was how do I generate pipeline uh, for sales? How do I generate demand so that my sales counterpart, uh, back then uh, it was Spotfire or Cubal, it was uh, Jeff, um, they would be able to take that pipeline and close it into revenue. That was the biggest uh, problem that I wanted to solve. And doing it in a predictable manner, that was the... The differentiation, not doing a, what they call it, a one trick pony, and sometimes successful and sometimes not, but doing it in a predictable manner where the salesperson, she, she knows that she's going to get a discrete dollar pipeline amount that is qualified month, month after month, quarter after quarter. It's that consistency and reliability that uh, you're trying to, that's the differentiation that it just, it just does it for you effectively. Exactly, exactly. It, it does it for you and it's not, there is no excuse behind it. It doesn't rely on one thing that when that thing disappears, you don't have it. And I found that the biggest thing that uh, quote unquote thing that, that if you have it, you have predictable pipeline and if you don't, you don't have predictable pipeline is the team. Is the, is the team or the human that needs to use your technologies and data and content and creative and channels and audiences and so on and so forth, they have this marketing mix. And they, they have to, the modern marketer has to figure out how to use this uh, marketing mix in the most effective way possible. And that's what Godard means when he talks about operationalizing, operationalizing data. Because you can buy the most expensive data that will give you target companies with intent and companies who are using your competitor's technology. And you'll get a data set that gives you their personal email, corporate email, and phone number, and Every, in a LinkedIn profile, and you can get a big budget for Facebook ads and LinkedIn ads, but if you don't experiment and, and use data-driven uh, repetitively to fine-tune your marketing mix into what works or what doesn't work in terms of end results, the, the pipeline generated versus any of the vanity metrics in between, like if you focus on impressions or clicks or leads or cost per lead or anything in between that doesn't lead to eventual pipeline that closes, that's where the bottleneck is, and that's what we're trying to solve. Now, this has been about five years that you ago that you started uh, metadata. I'm, I'm sure there's there's 
it's it's always continually evolving and improving on this. Um, and and for those who want to hear more about the journey, definitely stick around for part two of our of our interview. But to give a taste, if there was one thing that you could say to yourself five years ago that you know now, um, five years ago, what what wish what would you wish you had known when you began? I think uh, reverse engineering. That's the concept that I would, I already had the concept of uh, Pareto rule, right? The, the 80-20, knowing to build just enough and validate it. And we did that. I think the, the part that I would give myself advice is to reverse engineer to exactly where I'd like to be and then fill up the, the missing blanks. And so that I know exactly month after month, week after week, what is my projected goal and how am I doing in comparison to that? Because that creates the pattern and the pattern usually is what leads people to success here at Silicon Valley, like fitting a particular pattern that the ecosystem understands, the investors understand, the partners, so on and so forth. Not reinventing the wheel, but reverse engineering so that you know where to, to work back from and build it. No crack. Well, I'm excited to hear more about that journey, but coming back to metadata in itself, the technology, how it's developed, tell me, can, what can you share about the technology that makes it stand out and different from other options out there? Yeah, so metadata is a novel technology. Uh, we have four USPTO issue patents, and we have the largest proprietary uh, search engine, if you will, for B2B marketers. And so those two components together is what makes metadata unique. And so the first part is the data set. Imagine that today, when you want to run campaigns, you have to source data. You have to say, hey, I'm looking for companies who are using these technologies or from these this size of company or these job titles I'm going after or this seniority from these locations. And it can be very sophisticated criteria. Our solution essentially normalized and ingested most of the B2B data sources out there. So it does the work for you of, first of all, giving you one centralized place where you can create subsets of groups uh, within many data sets at once. So you don't have to go and work separately and do the, the segmentation. The second part is that we normalized the taxonomy so that we know the difference between an industry on LinkedIn, on Inside, on Zoomies Forward, Agent Data, or Bambora. So you don't have to do the comparison yourself. So you can really do Venn diagrams. And that allows you to only spend money and time on the right companies and the right people. You never have to worry that you're mistargeting, targeting their own persona or their own company. So you're 100% focused on your total addressable market. That's one part. The second part of the technology, and that's our competitive differentiation, that's what makes us unique, and that's where most of our IP is around, is experimentation. Experimentation is the means to an end to achieve your outcome. I didn't know 10 years ago when I was a marketer what campaign to run. I didn't have that natural instinct of like, I think these words are going to really hit it strong, and this color of the button, not really my trait, my natural uh, trait, but what I did is set up an infrastructure where I can drop all of that, all of those possible ideas, and the system will experiment by itself and tell me what stick, what didn't. Look, this color worked with this persona on this channel. You generated a lower cost per lead. This generated higher ACV in your pipeline later. And that experimentation system is our, that's a big uh, technology behind metadata. So it allows you, and that's when, when Godard talks about um, inhumane capabilities, that's what we're referring to today. The status quo is doing it manually. And so you have a team of one, five, 10. If it's a bigger company, maybe they have an agency, they have 50 people. You know, IBM, I think they have 100 people or more working on Group M working on their demand gen just for particular business units. 
And so imagine 100 people sitting with huge spreadsheets and a lot of data sets and constantly analyzing what happened a week ago, two weeks ago, and making some decision. And they, there's a capacity to how many hours they have and how much work they can do. So instead of choosing 1,000 possible experiments, they'll compromise on running 50 because that's a capacity. A computer, it doesn't, it, it doesn't have to compromise. So it can run all 1,000 experiments and quickly, not two weeks ago, quickly say what's working, what's not, and eliminate or quadruple the investment on what's working. And that part of the technology is what makes marketers, our customers, successful because they can rely on the system to tell them how to, one, create that predictable pipeline, that predictable demand for their sales counterpart, but also how to do it in the most economical way because it has the ability to do so. Those two pieces, one, data, making use of it and, and having that housed in there in the right way and being able to segment it. And then the other piece is being able to test effectively, but automatically all the variations, those two combined is kind of the, the core components. Exactly right. The experimentation is the main, is the core one and the data to make sure that the experimentation to begin with is somewhat qualified. So it only goes after the right companies and the right people. That's exactly right. Got it. Now I'm curious on that second part, the, the, um, uh, the testing and the automation of that, how much is it truly automated? What pieces then does the marketer need to, or uh, to, to play a role in? Uh, and, and what facets does it actually test versus designers create and other people play a role? I love that question. That's, uh, that that keeps, us, keeps us honest. So the experimentation indeed doesn't take over everything uh, because not everything a computer today does better and we haven't built everything yet. And so where we focus on, well, the, audience creation is completely automatic. So you can create as many audiences, as segmented as you would like, um, you know, slice and dice by different criteria, your first party data from your own system, third party data, so on and so forth. So that's completely automated all the way to finding the PII and onboarding those audiences to the different channels. So that part is completely automated. In terms of the variable, the variables that we play with, that, that we experiment with, we're talking about the target audience. So the companies and the people within them we're going after, the channels, with Facebook, LinkedIn, is it uh, display, you know, other channels. The campaign type, even within LinkedIn, you can do a conversational ad, it's like a chat, and you can do a sponsored update, and you can do a regular ad. On Facebook, you can do a cover sale, you can do a video. So you and your platform is-, is actually managing that those ad platforms. They're not having to go into those ad platforms, they're just using your dashboard. Exactly. And that's, you know, because we identify the human element or the marketing team being the bottleneck for execution, if we were to give a recommend, that will still not solve the problem because you still have to do all the heavy lifting. Here we say, I think we should, you should run this campaign and it goes and executes the campaign for you. And then he says, I think you should remove the budget and it goes and removes, removes the budget or lowers it or change, changes the creative or changes the words, so on and so forth. He does it via RESTful API into the actual channels. Got it. it. Effectively, this is allows folks to be a, a much more efficient on that broad scheme across the entire gamut um, to be able to, to test in each of the channels and not have to minutely mess with each one. Exactly, exactly. And optimize it all, not based on what those channels are trying to optimize for, which is sometimes for impressions or cost per clicks or things like that. Here, you're optim- optimizing towards revenue or the actual KPI. So the longer you let metadata execute and optimize campaigns for you, the further down the funnel it will optimize towards because the system metadata has access to all of your marketing stack. We, it doesn't, we don't go in and say, 
rip and replace HubSpot, put metadata instead, or, or change, you don't have to the data source, now put metadata instead. Not at all. You already invested in marketing automation and CRM and data sources and channels. We plug into all of them. We'll connect your Salesforce into your Marketo, into your Bambora and AG and whatever data you have. If not, we'll complement it with the data set that we have. We'll connect to your Facebook and LinkedIn and the execution will happen. And it will happen in the same way that a VP of Demand will do it. it they will she will not optimize based on impression because that's not something she can talk about to the CEO or the board members, but she'll optimize towards pipeline creation or you know, revenue or things like that. What's a word of wisdom that you would give to a, a VP of demand generation in today's environment, um, even aside from your product itself? Just a word of wisdom in, in what they have to deal with. You know, um, I would say be agile. That's the most important thing. Being agile, and many times there is not a fit to metadata, like you said. Like if you don't, there's a particular budget and system, so on and so forth. But something I think always is true, always holds water, which is to be agile. Not be set in stone. You're coming into a new position as a, as a VP of dimension. The VP of dimension. Of course, see what works, what, what didn't work, but save a big portion to maybe there are false positives. But sometimes people think Facebook doesn't work for us because it's not B2B. Well, if you apply a B2B data set on it, it could work. Or uh, chatbots don't work for me. Like, uh, you know, you allow yourself to fail and experiment. Experiment, fail, experiment, fail. And then one of those, one of those is going to be a magical win. And uh, you have to allow the space for this to happen. I like it. it question for you, looking forward for metadata, what's the future? What are you most excited about coming up that you can talk about and would want to share? Uh, there are two areas in which we're, uh, product-wise for me is, is where I am very excited. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited about product. I'm, I'm pa passionate about marketing. And so for me to see those things uh, coming out and people using them is exciting. So having companies like you know Zoom is, is a video as a customer or uh, the drift of, of the world, and those, uh, seeing those companies uh, starting to adopt the decision tree um, mechanism. So starting to have more and more things automated, adopting more and more automation and AI into their decision-making. And, um, you know, seeing customers winning awards for campaigns that the AI set up, uh, those things are, are, I'm excited to see, you know, we're very much in the early adoption stage. I'm, I'm excited to see how we project towards that, uh, you know, that, through that adoption curve. You know, it relieves uh, the marketing team from the mundane, technical, repetitive work that no one really likes to do and, you know, gives you the ability to work on strategic, even within marketing ops, to work on strategic, creative uh, projects, which I think is more, more fun. That's the role of technology. It should be, at least, to make people's lives better. They don't have to do as much um, manual click buttons, but they can be think creatively and innovatively, and he said, be agile to test new things. I love it. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing uh, about metadata. For those that want to uh, learn more, go to metadata.io and you can uh, check out for a, a free demo and learn more about their product. Now, stick around definitely for part two of our discussion though. Um, with Gil, we'll hear more about his founder's journey. Again, Uptech was sponsored by TerraLeap. Learn how to leverage the power of video at terraleap.io and we'll see you guys next time. That concludes the audio version of this episode. To see the original and more, visit our Uptech Report YouTube channel. If you know a tech company we should interview, you can nominate them at uptechreport.com. Or if you just prefer to listen, make sure you're subscribed to this series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app.